going on 14. Hello, welcome to 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And after we did the pandemic show right after COVID-19 started, we decided to steer away from controversial topics. So this week we're talking about police in American high schools. (laughs) (laughs) But they're high schoolers. Fuck. That's the difference. They're undercover. They're like, cha-cha. Gorgeous. Much more gorgeous than anybody I went to college or high school with. You're right on both counts. <laughs> and they're fictional, so there's only a little brutality. <laughs> Let's move past this, please. Please, for yeah, If you haven't figured this out, we are actually doing uh, 21 Jump Street. Going back to the original TV show, and then uh, we're going to talk about the reboot movies afterwards. So, yeah, I got some 21 Jump Street, some beat cop in disguise action for you. Beat cop in disguise action. That sounds like reggae lyrics. I was thinking it sounded like an IMDb like breakdown of the show. Beat cop in disguise. What are you guys doing to me? Okay, fine. <laughs> if you like beating cops, you might like the shows of the Podcast Collective. Oh, Whee! oh that's a perfect segue. Good oh, job. Guys, uh, I am Salt Lake. Oh, God. Tales from the Hard Side. The Empty Rant Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. <laughs> yes, so uh, if you're looking for some more of this, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we are all over the place. Go to Podchaser, leave us a review, and uh, go to our Facebook page and join us on Discord, where we have an ongoing chat. You can be surprised by all sorts of things that pop up randomly. In fact, what do we have? Most recent picture on there we're discussing. Oh, Muppets. Cool. And find us on Spotify. Yeah, find us on Spotify. Talk shoe. Talk shoe. All sorts of places. Talking about board games, talking about books and movies and Muppets and audiobooks. Join us. Join us. One of us. One of us. One of us. And then you give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727, you D-bag. Find us, uh, find us there. Leave us a voicemail and let us know what you want us to do. We'll dance for <laughs> you. <laughs> we may not dance. I mean, you can dance if you want to. I'm dancing right now. <laughs> you can leave your friends behind. As our friends don't dance, and if they don't dance. They're no friends of mine. Is it about that time? This week in music, movies, and TV. All right. So, uh, <laughs> line. Line. The line is and sports. I said that. No, you didn't. Okay. I said, we didn't hear it. And sports. I said it. No, no. You you need to go get a cup of internet. I guess so. All right. So the week that we're going with this uh, this show is April twelfth, nineteen eighty seven. That is the launch of the pilot of the first Twenty One Jump Street TV show. All right. Fingers crossed. Music. The number one song in the land was "I Knew You Were Waiting for Me" by Aretha Franklin and George Michael. Yeah. 
I remember that song. I don't actually know that song. You yeah, know you it do. if you heard it. See if you can find it. Yeah. I knew you were waiting. I yeah. knew you were waiting. Oh, yeah, I do know that. When the fountain was the, it didn't stop me. Yep. Okay, you know I know that one. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how Pat feels about that song. It's it was very, played on it, a loom. It's very... <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact. Damn it. That song is very meh, just like a loom. Shut your face. <laughs> Never going to make it. <laughs> you want to know what the hell they're talking about? Buy the book. Uh, uh, ramblings by Pat. Coming this fall from Random House. <laughs> All right, moving on. At the 22nd CMA Awards held April 6th, the Statler Brothers. brothers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to have a heart attack before this is done. Uh, uh, <laughs> at the 22nd CMA Awards held April 6th, the Statler Brothers had the most nominations with six. Reuben McIntyre and Randy Travis won five awards, and Alabama and George Strait picked up four. Good for you, Statler Brothers. I like the Statler Brothers. I like the <laughs> Waldorf Brothers better. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dignify that with a response. That was well written. Mm-hmm. It may not be funny, but it was clever. Was it, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jocelyn Eve Stoker, born April 11th, better known by her stage name Joss Stone, is an English singer, songwriter, and actress. She rose to fame in late 2003 with her multi-platinum debut album, The Soul Sessions, for which she was nominated for Best New Artist. The youngest British female singer to top the UK album charts, Stone was has released five albums and has sold 15 million records worldwide. Stone has earned numerous accolades, including two Brit Awards and one Grammy Award out of five nominations. She made her film acting debut in Aragon and made her television debut in The Tudors. That girl has a voice. I have no idea what happened to her, though. It's like she was everywhere and then she kind of dropped off the planet. Huh. I remember seeing Aragon and that could be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, The Tudors was not, I mean, that's what? Tudors. Not that long ago. And it, is it still Ooh. going? Who are you? Who were the Tudors? I think they just had their final season. Yeah, not that kind of tutor. Oh. Moving on. Carlton Carly Barrett was a Jamaican drummer and percussionist and member of Bob Marley and the Wailers from its formation until his death. His musical development in the early years was with his brother, Aston, family man Barrett, as a member of Lee Scratch Perry's house band, The Upsetters. With Carly's beats and his brother's bass, <laughs> the Whaler Rhythm section planted the seeds of today's international reggae. Barrett was murdered outside his home in Jamaica on April 17th as part of a plot between his wife and her lover. The two of them spent less than a year each in prison for the murder due to a legal technicality. Wow. That sucks. Yep. Huh. That sucks on several different reasons. Yeah, most, most members of the Whalers had uh, bad endings. Jamaica's a tough island. Yeah. A lot of bad shit happens here. Born April 9th, Jesse McCartney is an American singer, songwriter, and actor who first achieved fame on the daytime drama All My Children. 
He later joined boy band Dream Street and eventually branched out into a solo music career. Additionally, McCartney has appeared on such shows as Law & Order, SVU, Summerland, and Greek. McCartney also is known for lending his voice as Theodore in Alvin and the Chipmunks and its sequels, heh, squeakles, as well as voicing Robin <laughs> Nightwing in Young Justice and Roxas and Ventus in the video game series Kingdom Hearts. That's a Robin slash Nightwing. There's not a character called Robin Nightwing. <laughs> there is, too. <laughs> My name's Robin. Robin Nightwing. I'm a detective. <laughs> First thing I noticed when she walked in my door were her legs. They were smoking. She was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Brendan Boyd Urey, born April 12th as an American singer, songwriter, musician, best known as a lead vocalist of Panic at the Disco. He's the only original member remaining. Hmm. Yeah. I was not aware there was so much shakeup at the disco. There was a literal <laughs> panic. If they were a lot calmer, they'd probably also stay around, but yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was The Secret of My Success, starring Michael J. Fox, which went on to make $67 million. That was a good movie. Yeah. I don't really remember it. I know I saw it, but I don't remember it. That's one where he kept he kept changing uh, clothes in the elevator. There was an empty office that he took over and pretended that he was somebody else. So he worked in the mailroom, and then he was also this fake character worked up in the corporate floor of vice president. There is no Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Carol in HR. <laughs> I like Michael J. Fox, and especially I do too. like hearing him interviewed nowadays. The guy just has has no fucks given, and it's mm-hmm. just it's, it's oh, yeah. wonderful. It's so it's so nice. Whenever he's interviewed for stuff, it just cracks me up. I, I hope at one point in my life to have fuck you money. Eventually. Um, so I looked up some stuff. I have about fuck the... you money on the other end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people fuck you all the time. What are you gonna <laughs> I do? Got no money. I got no money. Yeah, I'm in the middle. The middle's not so fun. It was the seventh grossing highest grossing film for eighty seven, and it beat out Robocop, Predator, Lethal Weapon, and Dirty Dancing. Wow. When it went Worldwide, it made a total of $110 million, and eventually, through video rentals, that was another $29 million. So, did all right. Yeah. I realize it did that well. All right. Uh, American actor and comedian Dick Sean was born Richard Schuldefond in Buffalo, New York. He played a wide variety of supporting roles and was a prolific character actor during the 1960s and 70s, usually portraying caricatures of countercultural personalities, such as De- Deadbeat Son's Sylvester Marcus in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, and the hippie Lorenzo St. Dubois in The Producers. He also provided the Snow Miser's voice in the acronym of the week, which is T-Y-W-A-S-C, which I'm pretty sure stands for Think You Want a Small Cock? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe. Oh no! Oh no, Josh! Never gonna see that during the holiday. Oh my God! No, that is the year without a Santa Claus. I mean, he was really close. I, th- I thought the snow miser might give it away this week, but uh, alas. I don't know always. what he's packing downstairs. <laughs> alas, he always goes to cock. It's cold. <laughs> there was shrinkage. shrinkage. 
<laughs> All right. His TV appearances on movies, sitcoms, on Three's Company, he played Jack Tripper's father, and in dramas and a music video for Dance by Rat. Uh-huh. Uh, known as one of Andy Kaufman's influences, his stage productions were often absurd or madcap. On April 17th, during a performance at the University of California, Sean suffered a fatal heart attack and collapsed face down on the stage. The audience initially assumed that it was part of the of his act, but after he remained motionless on stage for several minutes, a stagehand came out to examine him and EMTs were called. After CPR had been initiated, the audience was asked to leave the auditorium, but most remained, still assuming that it was all part of the act. Many began leaving, still unsure of what they had witnessed, only after paramedics arrived. The worst was confirmed. Dick Sean had a massive heart attack and was likely dead before he even hit the floor. Yikes. I mean, at least he didn't die just because everyone thought he was joking. Like, he was dead before that even mattered. Right. That's like a full-on Andy Kaufman, you know? That's exactly right, yeah. I mean, everybody's like, are we watching performance art? I I don't know how to react to this. Should I laugh? Should I call somebody? Dick Sean had a role in one of my favorite unknown comedies, Evil Roy ben- Slade. He played uh, he he played Bing Bell. Oh, he's the singing sheriff. Yeah, he also wow. played a character called Snow Miser in 1997's Batman and Robin. Really? Yeah, that's what he's that's what he's credited with. That's funny. Yeah, he was just running around asking if anyone wanted a small cock. do i sounds delicious movies released this week included the aristocats making mr right project x and rumpelstiltskin i know one of those movies i know two of them at least i'm not sure about the other two you know project x that was the monkey movie with matthew broderick oh yeah that's the one that had um the shock the monkey. Jack the monkey. Nope, not ringing any bells. Really? Ripple Stiltskin was a horror movie. Yeah, oh, that was that was later though. Yeah, the Myth Project is where they train oh, chimpanzees to fly uh, combat planes. Yeah, yeah, not one I've ever even heard of. Really? Yeah. Now, making Mister Right was that the one with John Malkovich where they created a cyborg going to space? I don't. That's the one I don't know. Making Mister Right. I'm looking. At, yeah, I was going to say the Aristocats is definitely the only one of these four movies I know. What year is this? Yeah, it is. I have seen that movie. Eighty-seven. Okay, so the the Rumpelstiltskin was the not not the one you're thinking of, Pat. That was the nineties. Oh. This was a family musical. Came out in eighty-seven. Hmm. Making yeah. Mister Right. Yeah, Making Mister Right was uh, scientist creates a cyborg to go on a long-term space mission because he's going to be alone for like years on end. But then it turns out that he winds up actually developing feelings and the doctor sends himself into space instead because John Malkovich. This is the one that brought back uh, the Turtles. This is the song they had, uh, Happy Together was a big song for this movie and brought it back to the charts for a little while. All right, so TV. Man, I lucked out this week. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Jesus. All right, so top shows in the land were The Cosby Show, Different World, Cheers, and Growing Pain. So 87, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. April 17th, Macaroni's The Simpsons debuted as a series of short animated segments on The Tracy Ullman Show. We did that show. 
yeah, one of these shows would go on to perform for the next 25 years. The other one was The Simpsons. Oh, wait. Yeah. Which is why you don't really know who Tracy Ullman is. <laughs> I like that show. Uh, shows this week included Roxy, Amazing Stories, and Remington Steel. Two of those, uh, one, actually, no, one of them, Amazing Stories, is uh, uh, been remade on Apple TV. Remington Steel needs to be remade. And I don't know what the heck is Roxy. I just looked it up. It was a spinoff of Kate and Allie. Jesus. As if Kate and Allie needed a spinoff. Okay, what is Kate and Allie? <laughs> really? No. I, I was going to say, because while I'm not proud of this, I've watched an unusual amount of Kate and Allie. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I definitely am familiar with it. I was just trying to make the joke. It was, I, why would they have a spinoff of that show? Mm. Well, if you wanted more Kate or and or Allie. I mean, and Remington Steele, I, I almost would rather Pierce Brosnan come back and have them restart the show uh, than a reboot. I, I'd be curious to see like an updated version of it with him still in the character or he passes he's like the torch. 60 now. He passes the torch to somebody else. And it's like a James Bond thing where Remington yeah. Steele is. The name of the agent, not the name of the actual person. Confession time. I have like seasons one, two, and three of Remington Steel in the box set. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I like that show. I was a big I was a big Remington Steel fan. It does not hold up as well as you would hope, but the whole premise is pretty cool. I've never seen an episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's it it's good. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's good. This was part of a conversation I had with Susie not too long ago, is that Remington Steel needs to be remade because I think they could pull it off with with the actors that we have now. And you know what else I think is ripe for a remake is uh, Moonlighting. I love that show. Yeah. Cool. So, and like I said, Amazing Stories. Roxy. Yeah, thanks, Roxy. We you can do without that. We got to have a yeah. reboot of Kate and Allie first. And then right. Then, Seriously, then if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah, then we get Roxy. Moving on to sports after that. Sports. One of the most important and hyped boxing matches of all time occurred on April 6th. 30-year-old Sugar Ray Leonard, who had been retired for three years due to a detached retina, moved up two weight classes to face legendary middleweight champion Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Going in without a tune-up fight, Leonard was the clear underdog, but he won a controversial judge's decision after the match went the full 15 rounds. This fight successfully ushered in the pay-per-view format as a business model for sporting events. Wow. Probably the second most well-known fight of all time. The first being Tyson. Frazier Ali. No. Oh. no. The Rumble in the Jungle. Frazier Ali 2. I was just thinking of one with the one with Tyson where it was all a big deal and then he knocked him out in like the first Oh, Buster Douglas? Yeah. 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 That was a bit of a uh, coup. <laughs> Next, April 16th, was a big day for NBA records. Michael Jordan became only the second player to ever amass 3,000 points in one season, and Julius Irving became only the third player to that point to score 30,000 points in his professional basketball career. Ooh, nice. On April 14th, the San Diego Padres hit back-to-back-to-back homers in their first three at-bats against the San Francisco Giants. No team in Major League history had let off a game this way, but they didn't win because the Giants hit four home runs themselves on route to a 13-6 victory in front of 48,686 fans. Crazy. Good. That would suck when you open that strong <laughs> and you right? still lose. 
you still lose by seven runs. Oh, wow. were you coaching them at the time? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? And lastly, for the third time, Wayne Gretzky scored seven points with one goal and six assists in a Stanley Cup playoff game on April 9th and passed Jean Bellevue as all-time playoff scoring champ. He tied Miko Leononen for most assists in a playoff game as Edmonton won 13-3. to Yikes. Wow. That's a high <laughs> score for hockey. Yeah, no kidding. One of the highest scores I've ever even seen, yeah. I mean, Gretzky scoring seven points in the game alone, that's a game in itself. Right? Wow. That's like two games. One goal and six assists? Jeez. Seriously, they can do the great one and all that. So, yeah, Mr. Hockey. He's like the Pele of hockey. Okay, I knew it was bothering me. There was one more fight, I think, bigger than the super fight. Oh, I thought we were going back to Roxy. But... <laughs> no, the Thrilla and Manila. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big one as well. Yeah. It was just bothering me because at the time I was like, I know that there's another one that everyone always talks about. And it had just been going in my head the whole time. That was uh, Ali and Frazier, if I remember right. I be- Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they had the Rumble in the Jungle, yeah, for mm-hmm. two. Yeah, it was the, the, their first one, and it was the Thriller, yeah. Yep. That's well, all. That's about it. You want to play us off, keyboard, Joel? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> All right, so 1987, and somebody somewhere decided that they wanted to create a new cop show. And they're like, what if high schoolers were actually cops? I guess. Maybe. Hello, fellow kids. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Right. This is the uh, 21 Jump Street. Cases of undercover police unit comprised of young-looking officers specializing in youth crime. Thank you, IMDb, for that delightful breakdown. I want to be an IMDb, like, summary writer. That job has got, like, nothing. You could be. It's all, I think it's all, like, Wikipedia, kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think they pay salary on that. Oh, okay. I mean, they have people that work there, but... Created by Stephen J. Cannell, Cannell, who was also a writer on The Rockford Files, The Greatest American Hero, and Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. I was just going to say, basically, any show that you watched that was a cop show in the 80s was probably Stephen J. Cannell. Yeah. but Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. I don't know that one. Okay. Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, starring Ben Vereen and <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. What? There's no way that's good. There's no way that's good, but at the same time, I want to see it so bad. Well, I got I got news for you. If you see it, it will be so bad. Oh, and Ben Vereen, Jeff Goldblum, it only lasted 14 episodes. Only? Oh my god, only. this looks terrible. That's like 14 too many. Yeah, I... What the... Yikes. Ben Vereen as EL 10-speed Turner, and Jeff Goldblum as <laughs> Lionel Whitney. Dear God, Lionel Brown shoe. Yes, I need to. I need to find this show. I, this is something I just need to check off. I've watched this. Let's keep. You're gonna try and find some random way to tie it together with some crap show. <laughs> I know. And you're gonna and you're just gonna make Josh explode. <laughs>
So, yeah, also created by Patrick Harsborough. Hasberg? Has- Hasberg. Harsborough. I don't know where that came from. Who was also a writer on Sequest 2032 and Hardcastle and McCormick. Ah. And Brown yeah, Shoe. So. And Brown Shoe and. And Roxy. Roxy. Simon, Simon and Brown Shoe. <laughs> Yippee Doo and Brown Shoe Magoo. And what you're saying, Patrick, there was a spinoff of, of 10 Speed and Brown Shoe called Roxy? Is that what you said? <laughs> Good God. 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. 10 Speed shoe. and Brown Shoe and Roxy. <laughs> you got Ben Vereen and Jeff Goldblum. I'm in. You don't get it now, but your kids will get it. Yes. <laughs> We're obviously chomping at the bit to talk about 21 Jump Street. I, I am. I'm excited. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Uh, so Holly Robinson Pete played a one officer, Judy Hoffs, for all 102 episodes. And she sang the theme song. Yeah, that's something we learned. And I and didn't look too much of this, but I'm pretty sure it's confirmation that she was also the uh, play on words for Officer Judy Hopps from Hill Street Blues. No, the the movie with all the animal cops. Oh, Zooto- Zoo- Zootopia. Zootopia, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Judy Hopps was the name of the, of the uh, cop character in that one. Stephen Williams is Captain Adam Fuller. Peter DeLuise of the DeLuise family fame as Officer Doug Penhall. A uh, then-unknown Johnny Depp as Tom Hansen. And Dustin Nugan as Officer Harry Truman. Win. Dustin Win. Win. Whatever. I, Harry Truman Aoki. You know, I cannot speak words, even if they are English and all that. So, whatever. Well, that, that's the thing is, like, whenever you see that word, because it's a super common name, just think of it as, like, I win. Because it sort I of win. sounds like win. Okay. Win. win. Yeah. So, so it was almost like the U Y E N win, and just ignore the N G at the beginning. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Dustin Win as yeah. Officer Harry Truman. See, I learned something. I like languages. They just don't like me. <laughs> Sal Jenko as Sal Blowfish Banducci. Terrible nickname. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bendetti as Officer Anthony Mac McCann. Richard Greco. What? As Officer Dennis Booker, Michael DeLuise as Officer Joey Penhall, and Frederick Forrest as Captain Richard Jenko. And the reason Johnny Depp even did the show to begin with. He wanted to work with Frederick Forrest. That's why he's, that's not in the trivia, but just a fun fact. Huh. Really? Wow. That's why he signed on to do the show, because he wanted to work with Richard Jenko. And then everyone realized Frederick Forrest couldn't act, so he was replaced. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> wanting that, wanting to act with that guy. You're gonna love him. He's in Apocalypse Now. He's got to be a good actor. Look at that like, Marlon Brando guy. He turned out fine. Put an ice bucket on his head and see where that goes. Um, what? So some trivia on this one: uh, Johnny Depp and Peter DeLuise sang the jump backup vocals to the opening theme song, while Holly Robinson Pete sang the lead. Yeah. Just see, we need a song. Does anybody sing? Apparently not. No. All right. Oh my god, that song is awful. You're awful. This show was based on a real life undercover unit based out of Los Angeles, California. Yep. When I when you were talking about it earlier, I was like, I didn't want to spoil the trivia, but and uh, 
I just want to say, Joel, if you're starting with defending the theme song, you're going to have a rough 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jump. Holly Robinson Pete was the only cast member to stay with the show throughout its entire run. She had lost a bet. <laughs> Actually, oh no, maybe was trying to win a bet. How do I know? As Johnny Depp became increasingly frustrated with the series, he began to put forth ridiculous suggestions for his character to the producers. One such suggestion included the discovery by the other characters that Tom Hansen was obsessed with peanut butter and would be discovered by the other characters smearing it all over his naked body. He also used to change a lot his lines randomly, and yeah, he was became kind of an, a dick to so get out of his contract. Well, in his defense, spoilers, uh, the correct character of Booker played by Richard Grieco, was supposed to be killed off at the end of the third season. However, he proved to be so popular that he was spun off into his own show, Booker. Which lasted one season. In 1989. Yeah, I don't know what the obsession with Richard Grieco was, where that came from. I don't know, but he played Loki in the Thor knockoff. You mean the little like play that they were doing in the movie? No, there was a there was an Asylum-type been our movie knockoff called the almighty thor and richard rico played loki in that version of the film hmm. and that's hmm. an actual movie you can go watch i've got a lot of things that i've I, i've watched a lot of crap for this podcast i'm not going to actively seek that out I, i'm not suggesting you do but i've seen screen caps from it i haven't actually seen him acting in it hmm. i never got the richard rico thing and i, I watched 21 jump street pretty much start to finish when it was on hmm. spoilers. I'm a fan of the show. I like the show and I never got the appeal of, of Booker. Even when I, even when I was a kid and when I was watching it, I didn't get it. And officer McCann who took over for Depp, ugh, I want to punch him in the face. Then why did you keep watching it? Cause Peter DeLuise would show up occasionally and Holly Robbins, Pete and, and Stephen Williams were still on. Oh, ima- imagine Waiting for a Peter DeLuise scene. I liked Peter DeLuise. He was like, the, he was the really the, the focus of the show. Penhall is the one that you should care about. He, he, Hanson really didn't have much to do. Well, I found something I can agree with Joel on, but let's get through this so we can hash out what we liked and didn't. And I think didn't is going to be most of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever seen this show. Same. Yeah, never had an inkling to watch it, knew it was a thing, never sought it out, even when it was supposed to be this super popular thing, which was apparently all the way through my high school year. And I was thinking about this. This also fell into a weird gap for me because this was targeted at people so much younger than my parents, but it came out at a time where I was mostly playing a bunch of NES, and if I was watching TV, it was probably cartoons. So I'm not going to say I was too young for it, but it like it wasn't big enough on my like pop culture radar to put down a video game for. So uh, like this and fame, it was stuff that like I wasn't going to watch because my parents weren't watching it and it didn't speak to me personally. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, this was a first for me as well. Yeah, I mean, during this time I was watching Night Court. I was watching Next Generation. I was watching whatever was on cable. Um, Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I watched all that stuff too. Not I didn't have cable. I wasn't rich, but uh I watched Liar. all that stuff you talked yeah. about. <laughs> I had to go to the neighbors to watch cable. Who were we? I didn't have cable. I had my servants act the movies out for me. 
<laughs> Mother, get me a butler that looks like Johnny Depp. I'm into this 21 Jump Street. <laughs> You're not going to win this one, Joel. <laughs> I want to see this cop action. Jump, slaves, jump! <laughs> you done? Uh, hardly. Actually, not by a long shot, but that's the next show. Spoilers! I hated this. I mean, there was, were a lot better cop shows on at the time. I think that who the guys who created this and the guys who wrote for this were aiming for the youth. We got we're going to corner the youth market on this one, and they completely undershot what the youth market was expecting. I did not enjoy any of this. I don't even understand why it was popular. I watched the double pilot episode, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It was, you know, the first couple episodes, they hadn't really, whatever. And then I searched for uh, 21 Jump Street top 10 episodes, and they listed the second part of the pilot as the number two episode of all time. So I'm like, okay, well, if this is the top of 21 Jump Street... <laughs> oh, I watched one more episode from season five after Johnny Depp left. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to watch any more of this. But McCann sucked. And did you, any of you guys, when you were watching the the very first episode, I kept wanting to go, my wallet's gone. My wallet's gone. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, he was definitely take, takes you out of every scene he's in. Yeah, because, uh, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, the Officer Tom Hansen's original partner was Seinfeld's dad. I can't think of the actor's name. Marty right Martin. Now. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, was, it took you out of it once you'd watched Seinfeld. But I, I ended up watching nine episodes, and I would have watched more because I thought we were, well, we were originally going to record, and then you know, things shit the bed, um, and I didn't go back to it. But you're a better man than I. The writing is painful. The dialogue is just so stilted. That's where I think I'm right along with you guys. I will take one step towards Joel in that I do understand why someone would enjoy this, because in spite of the absolutely atrocious scripts, there was a lot of charisma, especially from Dustin Wen, Johnny Depp, Peter DeLuise, and Stephen Williams. Uh, and yeah, actually even Holly Robinson Pete. Like, I did not like uh, Seljenko. I did not like uh, Frederick Forrest. Oh, he was awful. But, like, the show did take a big turn once Stephen Williams showed up, and I like him in pretty much everything. It's just a shame he didn't have better material to work with. Because, yeah, the biggest problem with this is that the scripts were just insultingly bad. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody talks like this. <laughs> yeah. Just the first episode. Briefing Johnny Depp on his mission. Go out there. Get the confidence of this guy. Do not bust him. We've got too much riding on that. First I mean, thing he does. Yeah. Yep. You should have trusted your instincts. I'm a cop. You're under arrest. Honestly, I don't understand why this wasn't like a one shot TV show, like a just a, a weekend thing. Because if a captain of the department says to the cop, do not bust this guy, get his confidence, don't do and then he does exactly what I don't understand why they kept him on. Why wasn't he gone the next day? He was a rookie. It was his first time in that role. And the captain, Captain Jenko knew that 
coming into that, especially as being a beat cop, that it's a different world being undercover. And Tom Hansen was by the book at that point still. So I think he he literally did not follow the letter of the directions. I mean, it's just do not bust this guy. Don't blow your cover. And the first thing he does is immediately blow his cover because he was still in beat cop mode. He was still in, in officer, you know, in his cruiser. No, that's in just stupid mode. He was following what his rules were for the streets, not for undercover work. Well, he should be following orders. He should not be following. If you let's say like when you're working housekeeping at college, go into this room. I want you to sweep it, but do not mop it. And if you mop it, but don't sweep it. Yeah. Just don't don't mop it at all. Don't even think about mopping it. Just go in there and sweep. And you go in there and you bust out a mop. That's where this equates to. Because it's like, don't... And like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I All I know is mopping. Yeah. <laughs> I only know how to bust people. Bah. You know, it's... Well, and it's not just that he was not experienced undercover. Because, like, I get where you're coming from. But I reject the argument because if you've ever seen a cop show... Like, you know, like he would have had to not know what the word undercover meant. Mm-hmm. I have never been close to being an officer, but like if you've watched one cop show, you know that undercover, you stay undercover. The mm-hmm. first thing you don't do is just immediately arrest the first guy that breaks one law. <laughs> Yeah, when in Rome, I'm re- I'm arresting you for jaywalking. I'm a cop. Oh, well, good good get. <laughs> yeah, especially especially when Mister Deloise has been working this group for the last six seven months, and now he's got to drop the whole thing. You just burn everybody just like that. Yeah, I mean, and it that's was a big thing. messed up for sure. But no, it, it wasn't was a, a big stupid. Mess up. Yeah, it was a direct contradiction of orders. <laughs> Yeah, he completely disobeyed orders. He could have gotten Deloise killed because he tried to arrest this guy. Somebody else sees like, oh, shit, that guy Deloise brought in here. Not Deloise. I guess I could call, talk to him by his by his, his stage name. Okay, Penhall has been working this group for the last seven, eight months, getting in their confidence, making himself one of the guys. He brings in this guy who immediately busts the leader of the gang. It's amazing that room, there room. were two. Yeah. I, like <laughs> 20 feet away from the rest of everybody. And it's amazing there wasn't two corpses there by the time they all showed up. Yep. And to make it worse, he doesn't even get the collar. Right? Because he doesn't know what drugs look like either. It's not like it was a bag of oregano. It was socks. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? I thought, I thought that's what kids were doing these days. They're not snorting socks. I snorted my socks yesterday. I passed out for two and a half hours. Tripping balls, man. Socks. I'm still coughing up lint. Yeah. If you don't know what the word undercover means and you don't know that socks are not drugs, maybe police officer is not your first career option. <laughs> he was a rookie. No. 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 <laughs> you can't blame it on rookiness. Yeah, you can't. This is man not knowing fundamentals of copping. <laughs> this is like man just discovering what police are. Yeah, Channing uh, Tatum's I, character is a better police officer <laughs> at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. than Hanson is at the beginning <laughs> of the show. 
while he was still in high school, he was a better cop. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> oh. Tom Hansen is not a good cop. Not at all. And in Johnny Depp's defense, he probably saw all these scripts and being like, my character is a complete idiot. <laughs> I don't want to play this character for another four seasons. My dad would be proud. No, he wouldn't. Well, he signed on for six, I think, was the original that's, deal. And that's he got, got out at four. Even worse, if you are acting like this on the job, undercover, and your father is a cop. Yeah, a decorated, highly decorated cop. Like, <sighs> yeah, it, it, it. the biggest problem is obviously the writing. I actually didn't have a whole lot of problems with the acting. It was sort of cool watching them interact with one another, but it's just like they didn't have any compelling stuff to do. They just had cool car chases and shootouts and well, see, and they didn't, though. That's just it. You they guys did missed not the have point. cool car chases. They didn't. It was it was not about the cop aspect. It was about the interactions and it was about what the 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 focus of that show was. Like there's the episode where they were focused on he was to Hanson wanted to protect the kid who had AIDS who wanted to go to school and there was protests and there were people that didn't want him there and there was hatred and he was being threatened and they basically were kind of dispelling all the rumors about AIDS and how it was transmitted and all the you know the irrational hate that was going on through this television medium and you know it was something that was brand new at the time and they tackled it right away it and wasn't brand it. new. They'd been, they'd had ABC movie of the week for <laughs> fucking decades. It was it was a fairly new thing. Every episode felt like a movie of the week. And it but, was it, I'll, I'll give you credit for what you're saying, but I don't think it was as hard-hitting cuz I watched that episode and it felt very after school special to me. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. No, and it was. It wasn't it wasn't like it was Philadelphia, but for a cop show geared at a younger audience, you know, they dealt with um uh, molestation they dealt with rape they dealt with date rape they dealt with drugs and alcoholism they dealt with the last episode that johnny depp was on blackout dealt with wilding for lack of a better word but you know gang rape and a bunch of kids that take over the school during a blackout and it's you know stuff that still kind of rings true today so it's it's more about those things in the actual cop aspect of the show and they never set out to make a cop show like hill street blues or Something like that. They definitely they definitely succeeded then. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wasn't the goal. I don't so. think he was complimenting it, Joel. Yeah, I know, but I'm I'm just saying that that's the point is is you were looking for it to be something that it never intended to be. Entertaining. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> well I written. I liked it. And maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it's some of the nostalgia that uh, you know, I enjoyed it as a kid, so Watching it as an adult, it was like going back and remembering when I watched it then. Yeah. Possibly, but I still enjoyed it regardless. Yeah, I had never seen it before. I'm never going back again. I had to buy my children things for them to talk to me after (laughs) watching this because they had gotten up and walked out of the room. They were like, you know, Dad, you've made us watch a lot of terrible crap for your show. You've crossed the line. Yeah, I'm upset I had to watch this. Hey, but now you know if you ever want some alone time, Mike, just put on uh, on Jump Street. Sorry, you are saying, Josh? I was just saying it it was difficult. 
like a uh, guy always approached mo- like these topics like i, I want to give it a good try it's like find why something was popular and i was struggling to get through episodes yeah same i had to break them down i couldn't watch it i couldn't watch a straight hour and i was just like load up the next one and i did mm-hmm. watch the final episode of the series and i felt a little bad for holly robinson because she stuck it out and the last episode there is no closure it just is a regular episode it was the last episode of the season it wasn't even a cliffhanger or anything it was just uh, an episode i was just holding out for the sweet sweet brad pitt action <laughs> there was a lot of guest stars on the show like if you go through the, the imdb page and you scroll all the way through the entire list there was a lot of people on that show yeah there there actually were i mean and Brad Pitt with the shoulder length blonde hair was kind of weird. Uh, everywhere from, let's see, had Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Tom DeLuise. Yep. And a lot, a lot of characters that showed up for it, but it, let's see, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mario Van Peebles, Christina Applegate, Paulie Shore, Blair Underwood, Jason Priestley, Christopher Titus, what? Russell Wong, Shannon Tweed, Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. I bet he was the villain. Vince Vaughn, Jada Pinkett Smith, Bridget Fonda. I mean, a lot of people showed up on the show. Josh Brolin. It was a big show. I mean, at least for a short period of time, but it burned out, you know. Well, I mean, it didn't exactly have a big flame to begin with writing wise. That's the thing. The show is not good. I have to agree with that. And that's all right. You guys are welcome to your opinions. That's no, no. I think we're right in this one. This is beyond opinion. Yeah, this is not an opinion. Yeah, this is this is. No, I think there's a lot of other people out there in the Twenty One Jump Street fan community that would disagree. I'm not one of those people. I'm not I out think there, I but... think the fact that you think that there's a Twenty One Jump Street fan community, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> I am sure there is. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm sure both of those people will be very upset to hear what we have to say about <laughs> that. Some people juggle geese. <laughs> I know, right? All right, I'm calling it. We're taking a break. We will be back in a little bit, and we are going to talk about 21 and possibly 22 Jump Street, the 2012 film. I'm not saying remake. I'm going to say homage to the original show. Korean Jesus. <laughs> you leave Korean Jesus alone. <laughs> you got uh, enough shit to deal with. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a bit. All right, welcome to part two. 21 Jump Street, where we're going to be talking about 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. <laughs> because, well, no, that was just a TV show. We're, we're moving on. So uh, in 2012, they decided to make an homage to uh, 21 Jump Street, and they created the 21 Jump Street, the movie. A pair of underachieving cops are sent back to a local high school to blend in and bring down a synthetic drug ring. It's actually pretty good. That's a solid explanation on this on this yeah, one. Pretty yeah. Much. So this one is directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Uh, Phil Lord 
may know him for being a producer of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, he also did was a writer on the Lego movie and was recently a director on something called Artemis is the most recent thing he's got on here. Is that Artemis Fowl, the Disney? Person? No, no, no. Just uh, Artemis Jazz is a porter and part-time smuggler in the lunar city of Artemis. Trying to make a little extra money. She accepts a less than legal job, but ends up involved in a much bigger crime. That's all I got. Christopher Miller was part of this also. He was also a writer and producer on Lego Movie and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And also something uh, involved, something called Clone High. He's also been uh, in a TV show called Hoops, which I'm assuming is about basketball, but I don't care enough to look any deeper than that to it. About Lloyd Dobler. Oh, there you go. This is written by Michael Bacall. What else has he done? He has done such things as written Scott Pilgrim versus the world. He was also Omar in Death Proof and uh, was private first class Michael Zimmerman in Glorious Bastards. Yep, you'd know him if you saw him. Well, I'm you saw sure. the movies anyway. He did a uh, Project X. He wrote the screenplay <laughs> Project X. But the 2012 one about that crazy party. Oh, uh, yeah. I know, right? How crazy. crazy coincidence. I know. Uh, most recently, he is um, doing a TV movie off of, called Snow Crash. Which, that's a show. Yeah, well, is it a show? It's also a book. That's what well, was a movie, and oh no, I'm thinking of Snowpiercer. Mm. Go right past me. Okay. Uh, Snow Crash. A futuristic society enc- encounters a computer virus that has the ability to scramble people's brains. Mm. I want to say this is based off of a book that I've read. This sounds very familiar. Grand well, Snow Crash was uh, Neil Stevenson, and that is not. I don't remember. Brain scrambling. Was that a part of the... Uh... It might have been. It's been a long time since I read that. Because I, I remember there... I, I sometimes mix up Snow Crash and Neuromancer. Like, which one was which? Which had the biker who literally had a tactical nuke on the back of his bike? I hate to say it, but I don't remember because it sounds logical for both of them. Yeah, one of them had the uh, lead character was literally named Hero Protagonist. <laughs> that's that's snow crash yeah h-i-r-o yeah yeah okay so jonah hill plays schmidt channing tatum plays jenko brie larson is molly tracy dave franco the other franco brother as eric molson rob riggle as mr walters deray davis as domingo ice cube as captain dixon why did they just call Ice Cube back then? He was around. They'd be like, hey, you want to be on this cop show? I s- yeah, at that point. I don't think he would have been as quite as no family friendly. He, he uh, would have had something to say about the police. <laughs> <laughs> he had opinions. Yeah, he had, he had thoughts on that. Dax Flame is Zach. Chris Parnell as Mr. Gordon, or as he's known in my family, is isn't he that guy from, from Archer? Uh, Ellie Kemper as Ms. Griggs, Jake Johnson as Principal Dadler, Nick Offerman as a very brief but awesome Deputy Chief Hardy. So some trivia on this one is 
Jonah Hill lost over 40 pounds for this role because he and Channing Tatum were required to do several physically demanding stunts. This is the beginning of his slim down here. Jonah Hill's, I don't know how to feel about it. He looks good now, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, Jonah, you're not as cuddly as you used to be. All right, so uh, originally the script called for the drama teacher to talk about doing cocaine with Whitney Houston's niece. Uh, (laughs) Shortly after, they're like, maybe we should change that line. So they changed it to doing cocaine with Willie Nelson's horse. Which Which is actually funnier. Yeah, much funnier, and it probably makes more sense. When Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill exit the limo and enter the prime, the two guys dressed as ushers standing on both sides are actually their stand-ins. I did not notice that. All original cast members from the original 21 Jump Street television series have cameos in the film, except Richard Grieco and Dustin Noyan. No, they do it again? When? But they... Oh, no. God, why is it... When? When? Dustin, when? When? Uh, In one scene, the bad guys watch the original television series on television, and almost every shot shows Wen's character... Greco and uh, him later cameo in 22 Jump Street in 2014. Yes. Because apparently Dustin and Richard were doing too much important stuff. Everybody came back for the movie from the, well, all the original main characters came back except, except Stephen Williams. He's the only one that didn't because Holly Robinson was the officer that gave him the car. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is weird because yeah. Stephen Williams is the one out of all of them, except for Johnny Depp, who's working the most. Like Williams has an insane list of credits. And incidentally, a joke: if you saw Johnny Depp's last episode of Twenty One Jump Street in Blackout, for some reason he's got a fake nose on. And oh, uh, that's, okay, that's funny. That that's, is funny. That's why they he made the the, the reference in in the movie. Wearing a fake nose? Okay. Yeah. So uh, when Schmidt and Jenkins go undercover as brothers, their last name is McQuaid in the original, uh, Hanson and Pennell would frequently go undercover as the McQuaid brothers. Nice. Did you catch that? Me? Mr. Fan? No, Joel, Mr. Fan. Oh, super fan? I, I did not. No, actually. Oh. So I'm just looking to see what Richard Grieco was doing about this time. Drugs? A lot of coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not working? Uh, actually, he was voicing the character of Ghost Rider in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Huh. And doing the voice of Loki in Almighty Thor. <laughs> what did I tell you? TV movie. Weird. What did I tell you? And then uh, 2006, 2007, he was Steve Batondo in Veronica Mars. Yep. That's interesting because uh, Stephen Williams was also in Veronica Mars around the same time. Yeah. A lot of Chris Crossy. Oh, also, he was a one shot in uh, Always Sunny in the episode yep. D Made a Smut Film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. And he was a narrator in a documentary about absinthe. I'm going to have to mark that and watch that later. You've now signed up for Greco Facts. I've seen these both of these movies multiple times. Oh, I thought this was going to be the first for everybody. No. Oh, 
It was an excuse for me to finally watch it because it looked like I might like it. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, I did. Like this, it's interesting. A couple weeks ago, we did uh, 17 again, 18 again about guys that go back to high school and are kind of out of place because they think things are the way they used to be. Or maybe they have success because they just treat high school like it was and they have this unexpected. I actually thought this movie was a better 17 again slash 18 again than those films were. It's funny you say that because I was I mentioned that same thing to Laura when we were watching them. I know I was pretty rough on those films, but I stand by that, that like this executes that concept better. There's not enough George Burns in these movies, though. Well, oh, George Burns was in it. He was actually a cameo in 21 Jump Street in an ashtray. I was going to say they were snorting him throughout the whole movie. Aren't you paying attention? <laughs> say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Jesus, what happened to Gracie? <laughs> Gracie's not feeling well. I enjoyed both of these movies just because they knew they were a parody. And I'd, I'd like it when there's a parody of something and they do the wink and the nod at, at they break the fourth wall and they're 100% in on this is going to be ridiculous. And I normally hate that. Same here. But for some reason, they managed to pull it off. Like, acknowledging the inherent ridiculousness of the concept. Like, normally I'm like, if you want to remake something, have respect for it. And they totally didn't, and I still liked it, because it was funny. You know why? Because the source material was shit. You know why? Because they had Nick Offerman sell you on it. Both times. No, I think it's because <laughs> because strangely enough, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum have an amazing chemistry between the two, the two of them. They play off each other really well. The two of them are very funny across uh, once they start bouncing back and forth between each other. Like in in the uh, the Twenty One Jump Street when they're the first one, when after they take what was it called uh, HFC? No HFS. HF, HFS. And they're standing there and they're talking, they're talking to Mr. Yeah, Rob Riggle, Mr. Walters. And he's like, no, what are you doing with your tongue? He's like trying to push their tongues back into their mouths. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the funniest scenes. Of the for me. I think they just because they went all in on how ridiculous the concept is that there are cops that look young enough. That they should be in high school when obviously they don't. And making them go live with their parents again. You look like a 40-year-old man. (laughs) I mean, and calling it out. Yeah, like, you're right. They call it out through the entire movie. And then, did you guys watch 22 Jump Street? Yeah, did both of you guys watch it? I've not seen it yet. Okay. Same here. I didnn't get to see it. Oh, shit. Mike, you're talking about the end? Yes. What, or, or you're talking about Jillian Bell's character, how she keeps making fun of Jonah Hill throughout the entire no, I, movie. I mean, she, I mean, Jillian Bell does is amazing at mocking Jonah Hill through the entire movie. But what's great about it is that they are, as for as much as they're in on 21 Jump Street, they put the whole pot in the center of the table for 22 Jump Street because it, the ending credits are nothing but trailers for ep- for 23 jump 23 jump street all the way up to like 27 47 47 jump street where they're like in space <laughs> yeah they he's like you go and every time they go back to ice cube telling them what their next mission is yeah his office gets nicer and, and nicer he, and nice 
He's like, and at you one point, asses are going to fight school. And at one point, Seth Rogen is there instead of Jonah Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? I I don't understand what you're talking about. I've been this guy. I've been I've been uh, I've been Schmidt this whole time. And then goes back to being Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill looks at Shang Tim. He's like, what are you talking about? Pay dispute. There's I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've always been here. It's it is a hundred percent. They're like, oh, all right, we pushed the envelope for Twenty One Jump Street with the ridiculousness, and they go even further with this one. With it's past the wink and a nod, and you are fully in on the joke through the whole movie. But the post credit scenes, like uh, Thirty Eight Jump Street Ballet School, and they cut to Jonah Hill, and he's finally like, finally something I excel in. <laughs> and then there's the one where he's he's talking to to Booker. Those it's the two guys. It's Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, and then it's Dustin Nguyen and Richard Grieco, and it's called Generations Twenty One yes. Jump Street Generations. <laughs> you dumbasses are gonna be in a video game. <laughs> Something cool. Oh, I wish I'd have been able to see it. But I had oh. too many. Oh my god! Dustin's character in Twenty Two Jump Street is listed as Vietnamese Jesus. (laughs) It's worth your if you like the first one. I I feel the second one is equally as good. Mm -hmm. And the scenes with Rob Riggle are fucking funny. Rob Riggle is hilarious, especially him talking to uh, Jonah Hill the whole time. (laughs) That's what you sound like. He's like he got it spot on. I don't sound like yeah you you actually do sound like that, <laughs> but no I mean I twenty one Jump Street twenty two Jump Street I enjoyed and again openly vocally laughed out loud for both of the movies. So I take it then oh you guys said it was the first time for both of you yeah and yeah. I I laughed throughout almost the entire movie and I'm picky as we have well established on this podcast very yeah. picky when it comes to comedies. And I was wondering, I, I thought Pat might like it because of who was in it, but you were the kind of the wild card, Josh, because I know your tastes in comedy are pretty specific. So I was like, I don't know if this is going to is going to hit your wheelhouse or it's going to be, you know, too much gross out or not enough, whatever, you know, I don't know. So I'm I'm a little surprised, actually. Hmm. So, Josh. What was what was your favorite? Because I I know how picky you are about comedy. I mean, I, I think of any type of movie, comedy is probably the hardest one to win you over on. What was your favorite scene of this movie? It's probably when they're on drugs and uh, trying to pretend they're not, because it pays off a lot of stuff that they've set up earlier in the film. It mm-hmm. does go a little over in some spots for me, but uh, still a hell of a scene. Mm. Well, it's just, it's very smartly written. The car chase where they keep thinking different things are going to explode was also really <laughs> great. Yeah, that was probably mine. I would, I would pick that. I really thought what? that was going to explode. Why wouldn't that blow up? Why does the chicken truck explode? <laughs> they bring that back in the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But yeah, that that part, because this is right in my wheelhouse as far as as comedy is concerned, and especially with being something that, you know, being a fan of the original series, I 
I, I just thought it was really well done as far as how they took the concept, made it their own, still kind of paid homage to it. It, it was just really well done. I, I, I've, this is the third time I've seen him, I think. So maybe not as many as Mike. I don't know how many times you've seen him, Mike, but uh, I've seen like both of them like three or four times. I, I was I was happy when we decided to do this that I was going to be able to see him again, and Laura had never seen him, so I was excited to show him to her, and she liked him just as much as I cool. do. One of the things that always makes me laugh is Jonah Hill in his Eminem face. <laughs> <laughs> is in the, just in the very beginning of the movie is. With, with him with the chain and the blonde hair and all that. And the awkwardness is fantastic. But I mean, it's the thing is, is like they take a ridiculous concept of the original TV show and they push it a hundred percent to the ridiculousness that would happen with it. And the, I think the Jonah, Jonah Hill and Chang Tatum just completely nailed it. Uh, like the the whole conversation of uh, one strap or two strapping your backpack. Well, on the fact that, yeah, that, that he goes in and, and Channing Tatum thinks he's going to nail it because he was, you know, he's popular in high school. So why wouldn't I be popular now? I'm still this attractive young guy. I'm still cool. And he walks in and he realizes it's an entirely different world. And now it's, it's Jonah Hill's world. Yeah. <laughs> right. I blame Glee. That whole first scene when he meets Dave Franco and their their friends, it was just so perfectly written. If anything, it would have been homophobic if he didn't punch him. Exactly, <laughs> it's so smart and oh, and th- I think the fact that you've got these two guys that have got pretty good pull in amongst comedians and in people in the same genre that they were able to get all these people on board because it's just like you're watching the movie and you're like, Hey, that's so-and-so that's so-and-so. And it's just like all these people in it that are probably a little bigger names now, but don't forget about so-and-so, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you got Chris Parnell and Ellie Kemper and Jake Johnson from, you know, new girl and Nick Offerman, of course. And yeah, there were a lot of cameos for sure. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I love Chris Parnell. Yes. He's always funny in this stuff that he does, whether it's, actually acting or like when he was the radio announcer in hot rod or if it's just his voice too you know it's did did you guys watch the post credit stuff in this mm-hmm. did you do you or did you guys see when channing tatum was having sex with ellie kemper yep <laughs> uh she she was i mean she's a delight anyway and a kansas city native thank you very much I forgot. I had forgotten she was in it because I didn't know who she was at the time, or I didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I. I think I was had watched The Office by then. Maybe I don't remember now. Yeah, I, I had for, totally forgotten she was in it. Yeah, it was a, that was a nice little surprise. Yeah, agreed. Because I've yeah. always liked her. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a fun movie. Well yeah. done. Good laughs. I don't think it was anything great, but it was definitely enjoyable and fun, and I, I liked it. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a lot better than I was expecting. They did a great job parroting something that, Joel, forgive me, wasn't as good as as uh, we remembered. I just I hope that you guys do go back and watch a sequel because 
I'd be curious, uh, you know, not on the show, but just on a, as a sidebar, what you guys think of it. Um, I am overwhelmingly more likely to watch 22 Jump Street than I am to watch a single additional episode of the original show. And that's all right. That's that is okay. very, very correct. Mm-hmm. I ain't mad at anybody. Well, get mad, damn it. Yeah. Nah. I want to fight. I don't care. I want to see this. We we all got our own opinions on things, so it's all good. It's all good. Get angry, Joel. Nah. It's rude that you won't fight with me. Why would I fight with you? Because he wants to. Okay. You're a jerk if you don't. If you were really his friend, you would fight him. Exactly. See? Uh, I want you to argue with me. Right. No, you don't. Apparently not, because you ain't fighting. <laughs> nah. That's not me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I think we all really enjoy this movie, so we whoa, don't have a wait, wait, wait. What? He's, he's a lover, not a fighter. Keep, go on with that. Are you saying you won't fight him, but... Uh, I love Pat. That's not a secret. Oh. oh. I love all you guys. Fag. Even though you guys are dicks half the time. <laughs> <laughs> See? God damn it. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know which is worse. The fact that you said it or the fact that I was expecting it. <laughs> Here a it comes. Column a, a little column B. All right, I know, right? All right. So uh that's it for uh twenty one slash twenty two jump street for the now. I think it's pretty obvious, but let's do the traditional thumbs oh. up thumbs down. Yeah, okay. If we need be. Patrick, what did you hate and what did you like? Uh yeah. Thumbs down on the original and thumbs up on the remake. Same. Pretty, yeah, pretty Same. standard. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Joel. And I, I I was a fan of the original when it was on back in the day. I enjoyed going back to it. I may even go back and watch more. So, Yuck. I don't believe you. I, think I believe him. I definitely believe him. I was going to say, I've seen some of the stuff that he likes. Yeah, I think he'd do it just out of spite, too. Well, when you guys are out here for the wedding, I'm, I'll be curious when if you guys go through my movie library and uh, <laughs> see what you guys have to say. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I and the movies, I, I love the movies, so I'm a fan. I may not say way. anything. I may just pee all <laughs> over it. That wouldn't be the first time. I own all this now. <laughs> <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> what are we doing next week, Joel, trying to get off the pee conversation? <laughs> next week, we are going to uh, talk about music, which is uh, one of our favorite topics, except this time we're talking about our favorites, which means there's going to be some dissension, I have a feeling. Hmm, he says. I'm going to preemptively say that Joel is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that we're, there's not going to be any dissension? No, I think you're wrong. Ah, uh, they're fighting. They're friends again. so if you have any thoughts about uh 21 jump street the show or the movie or even 22 jump street let us know give us a call at 708 now rap that's 708-669-9727 yep and uh again check us out on apple podcasts google podcasts all those podcast places we are all over the interwebs give us a listen Leave us a review on Podchaser and on iTunes, and uh, we will be back next week with even more of this ridiculousness.
Music Fights. Well, that's what happens when you start talking about your favorite albums. Bring back Roxy. <laughs> right? No. We should get that petition started. Meanwhile, the Kate and Allie people of that show are going to be like, why aren't you getting our show back on the air? Kate and Allie people that are like, what? They want Roxy now? Why? <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Oh, I bought some new coffee. We're <laughs> sitting at breakfast. Bonnie buys Bonnie buys shit. <laughs> you know, I, when I buy coffee, I want to taste it. She, we, I pour us both a cup of coffee, and she sips the new coffee. She drinks coffee. She goes, "This is really good coffee." And <laughs> I'm like, "Of course, I know it's coffee. You know why? Because when I get coffee, I want to taste it." When Suzanne goes to the store, she buys shit, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like. Like no, I'm sorry. It's a it's like a reflex action. Please tell me you stopped before you got to your garage.